0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Bros video game music podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we
1: share and discuss the very best in video game music, and sometimes we redo old episodes.
0: My name is Carl Brueggemann. and I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Yeah, when we just uh, can't think of a new topic idea, (laughs) let's just recycle something we've done before. No, this is uh, a we call these redos. Uh, We've only done one before. Our second one. Yeah, we about like a year ago actually is when we did our first one, Mm -hmm. and we redid the Turbo Graphics episode because we got a lot of complaints that we were too harsh on the TurboGrafx music Um, but this is something that we had originally wanted to keep going the Mm -hmm. idea was to go back to um, playlists that we did early on in the show or just episode topic ideas that we feel like we probably could have done a better job I think so Um, too and this is this is an example of that Uh, yeah
1: this uh, we're redoing episode five which was arcade games it was a it was a super early episode and I would say the maybe the, the weirdest thing about it or the most silly thing about it is it was called arcade games but I feel like about half the music we played was like console
0: music. Yeah.
1: So today, it's actually all real arcade music. Well,
0: because I think our our logic was it was uh, games that were originally released on the arcade, and we were just playing like the NES versions, because we so had silly. no idea how to get the actual uh, arcade music. That's true. Music. That was only
1: episode five. We had a lot to learn. Yeah. So
0: really, when we're doing these redo <laughs> episodes, we're probably only
1: going to redo really old episodes because that was a time when you know maybe we weren't quite as solid of podcasters
0: yeah I I think the other thing is um, and we're not necessarily it's not like we're going to replace this isn't going to go back in place of episode 5 you can still go listen to that um, episode that we made mm-hmm. uh, way back when but I think it's just sort of a nice way um, because you know arcade games that's a that's a pretty uh, mammoth topic when you're talking about video game music uh, you know the arcades where that was the way to play video games back in the 80s and 90s honestly and it was where a lot of our greatest console music um, they were ports of arcade games. So True. It, it's really a big topic and one that we kind of dropped the ball on <laughs> way back when. So it's <laughs> well, fun to go know, back to and get a second chance. There's
1: another reason why we do these uh, redo episodes is in, in addition to all that, it's just an excuse to play some classic tracks that yeah. we absolutely love again.
0: Absolutely. So in some
1: ways it's like a greatest hits. You know, this is absolutely filled with our favorite music. Today's episode is just jam-packed. Yeah, I mean, we're lazy, great... too.
0: We like to just kind of <laughs> recycle, yeah, rehash. So,
1: so most of the tracks are were featured in our episode five arcade games episode some of them we had to we switched around you know like console stuff we're not playing today we're also adding some later editions of like awesome tracks that we discovered later on throughout the course of the podcast Mm -hmm. uh so it's kind of a slightly different playlist but this is going to be a wonderful time going down uh memory lane with arcade games okay so What you guys heard, obviously, was Ken's theme. That was from the arcade original version of Street Fighter II The World Warrior, composed by Yoko Shimomura, an absolute classic arcade theme. Uh, Let's see what we have next. We're going to keep going. This was, uh, I think, the same placement in Episode 5. This is Double Dragon. We're going to play the opening theme. uh, And this one was composed by Yamani Kazunaka. Let's take a listen to the opening theme from Double Dragon. This really reminds me of episode 5. This is the opening theme from Double Dragon for the arcade, composed by Yamane Kazunaka. It's a really solid opening theme. It really kind of gets you in the right state of mind to to play an
0: arcade game, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, uh, this is one of the all-time... classic video game themes. I mean, Double Dragon uh, is such a popular game. I honestly prefer, I think, the NES version mm-hmm. in terms of just timbre, and there's a couple other little arpeggios that actually weren't in this one, but what an incredible theme. I mean, it's just so classic and so distinctly 80s, I must well, say. Well, it's so
1: funny. I think that was yet another reason why we played so much maybe NES versions in the original episode, yeah. <laughs> because we kind of prefer, a lot of a lot of times, we prefer those, those versions. How well, they sound. I
0: think to a lot of us um maybe that grew up a little bit later and played these games on consoles those versions are more nostalgic you know the Genesis Super Nintendo NES those are the versions that we grew up playing and listening to sure. um like I never played Double Dragon in the arcade so to me uh, I don't necessarily have any nostalgic memories attached to this arcade version but you mm-hmm. know if you're playing arcade music it's important to to start from the source, to start from square one. You know what's interesting about arcade games is that everything about um, the machine, from you know the graphics to the sound to the whole game, it's all. Manufactured just for that one specific title. When mm-hmm. you think of consoles, they're they're picking out a color palette, they're picking out a sound chip, and everything, so that it can play all these different games. But with an arcade machine, it just has one singular function. So what's kind yeah, of interesting I mean, interesting there were today's... like
1: systems that you saw a lot, like the CSP or CPS one, CPS
0: two. So there were popular arcade systems that you saw. Sure, a but lot. I I, th- I think what's kind of interesting is uh there's not one singular sound for arcade music you know everything we it's play so today will sound a little bit different especially you know depending on when it came out which which kind of system one it came common out for. theme again and again that we're going to hear today are those FM sound chips. Yes. It's one of the things that made the Genesis so exciting as a home console. It really felt like taking, taking the, the arcade, arcade. Yeah. home. And and, in of of
1: uh, every sense of the system, that's what the Genesis really felt like. Because yeah. you know? it had a lot of arcade ports. Mm-hmm. And even something like NBA Jam, I remember it was so exciting to be able to play that at home because that was so fun to play that in the arcade. This song is, is really exciting. I love that triplet, that arpeggio leading into the melody. Very effective piece of music. Well, let's let's keep going. We have a, a lot of great music to get to today. So another track from our original uh, playlist from episode 5. Metal Slug Three. Uh, This is Blue Water Fangs, which is also known as Stage 1 from Metal Slug 3, which came out for the arcade as well as the Neo Geo. This one was composed by a composer he's known as Haya. (laughs) That's kind of his nickname. His full name is Takushi Hayamuda. Let's take a listen to Stage 1 from Metal Slug 3. Gosh, this brings me back. Absolute classic piece right here. Stage 1 from Metal Slug 3 by Haya. You know, I defy you to find a more fun series of run-and-gun arcade shooters. It's just, these games are an absolute blast.
0: Yeah, whether you're playing alone or particularly with two people. Yes, they look
1: uh, great, they play great, they're so funny and colorful. The music is outstanding and perfectly matches the tone. It's kind of goofy. You know, this music is larger than life. And it's, it has a little bit of kind of dramatic film score elements to it, but yeah, it's so yeah, over the it top. It
0: feels kind of like a an, an 80s film score where it's very kind of... Um, there are the kind of militaristic orchestral elements, yeah. but there's also this kind of like pop music element to some of the orchestra hits and the brass hits that it, it does feel like kind of a cheesy film score, which is yeah. funny to have... Um, A game this old have that level of uh, self-awareness to it but yeah Yeah. I have so many fond memories playing the Metal Slug games. Yeah I would say Haya is an underrated an underrated video game composer. Absolutely yeah this stuff is uh, so so catchy and it's honestly the other thing that I think is so great about it it really sounds like Metal Slug. Mm -hmm. You know it even if you haven't heard this particular composition, if you're familiar with the series, you're going to be able the to identify, oh, that's Metal hits, Slug. Yeah, right away, same harmonies, just in terms of the instruments. And yeah, the harmonies. Same bongos. Oh, gosh. So classic.
1: Oh, gosh. This is, this is going to be a fun episode. All right. Let's keep moving here. We're going to now move on to um, a track that in our episode five, we played the SNES version not going to do that today we're going to play the actual original arcade version same track though sunset riders one of my favorite and talk about another really fun run and yeah, game yeah it's kind of like the western version of metal slug absolutely so this is stage 1 from sunset riders you really when you when it comes to these arcade games 99% of the time stage 1 is the best piece of music yeah uh, followed closely by stage 2 <laughs> sometimes the opening theme i'm sensing uh, a
0: pattern here
1: yeah the name of this piece of music is shootout at the sunset ranch and it was composed by a pretty classic composer, Motowaki Furukawa. Let's take a listen to this from Sunset Rider for the Arcade. So, so classic. And what I love about this, I remember mentioning this uh, way back in the day, is that parts of this feel like Mega Man or just feel like, you know, classic video games. Right. It could be in any genre. But then he mixes it with Western elements. You know, mm-hmm. those castanets are probably the clearest way... To let sure. you know that this is a western because it kind of reminds me of the rhythm of riding a horse. You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I mean, I think also some of those ornamentations, like da ba da. I mean, that's sort of like kind of the cliche are you mariachi. Hearing, well, are you hearing so. here on the second repetition of that bridge section?
1: Really the triplet on the bell of the ride? Yeah. Dun- 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 it's really cool. Really cool. You know, this composer did a lot of great work for Konami. He did um, work in the Gradius series, uh, Super C, Nemesis 3, some great
0: games. You know what I think is so wonderful about game music of this era is it really is kind of its own genre in the way that you think of, you know, disco or electronica or Mm -hmm. jazz and you... Well, maybe not jazz. Jazz is too, too well, broad of an a, It's form. its own type of fusion, well, maybe. Well, yeah, yeah it, it's kind of like you hear it and, and you know what it is. It has distinct, specific musical characteristics. Mm-hmm. And what I love so much about game music of this period is it really has that effect. And so what's great is when you're getting Western video game music, you have hints and kind of some of the cliches of your idea of Western music, mm-hmm. but it's all through the fabric of this wonderful, melodic Japanese well, pop yeah, music I mean, like, that, that was so familiar That with. harmonized section there could not be further away from Western yeah. music. And that's that's, what that's I what's love. so fun. It's so unabashed. It's, it's kind of like when you listen to pop music of a certain decade. And, um, you know, a lot of different songwriters, musicians are doing sort of the same techniques again and again uh yeah. and then it's like if they're if through that medium they're trying to capture a certain sound or a remnant of a different era they're going for a specific style it's like it's doing that through this specific musical lens that's the thing i really miss about video game music is that kind of Cohesive, unified, uh, yeah. I mean, musical sound that if you're talking about this era,
1: you know, it's really like a lot of kinds of music from bygone eras. You know, if you listen to '60s pop, you know, just the the, the way that everything's harmonized and performed and recorded, it they really don't make that kind of music like that anymore. And this sure. is the case with this; they don't well, make I mean, them like this.
0: Honestly, we just have the blind spot of living in the modern generation. I'm sure people will look back on the mm-hmm. types of musical cliches that are happening in films and games today, and kind of identify them as a specific sure. style in a lens that we're working through. But I think I just really miss this I kind really of I really miss it too. It's so stuff.
1: fun to listen to. So, we're going to move on to another behemoth when you're talking about arcade games. Can't get much bigger, more popular than this game. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtles in Time. Now, I think again last time I believe we played a Super Nintendo version. We're not going to do that today because uh, I think it's pretty silly to not play the actual arcade version here. Uh, same track though we played in episode five. This is Neon Night Riders. You know, both
0: of these tracks, the, uh, the Sunset Riders and this one, they both mm-hmm. feature this incredible orchestra hit sample. Yes. That is one of my favorite things. God, it's
1: so classic. Uh, in both Konami games, so maybe it's the Konami yeah. orchestra hit. Well, you remember before we play this, you remember this track, right? Neon oh, Night yeah, Riders. How could you forget? Uh, composers here: Mitsuhiko Izumi and Kozu Nakamura. Let's take a listen to Neon Night Riders. Neon Night Riders. How funky is that? Oh, my gosh. That Again, they don't make them like this anymore, folks. That progression is so wonderful. The slap bass, it's just absolutely funky stuff. Uh, I love how this track starts off with... Neon Night Riders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's really clear what you're getting yourself into. A lot of crazy arpeggios and just very busy piece of music that feels um, technologically advanced. I think especially for this time, you know, you're at the arcade. One of the ways to wow people is with the music. And you know, when you're showing somebody a piece of music that has a very funky, active bassline, nice-sounding drum samples, constant arpeggios, it's a way, even subconsciously, to make you feel like, oh, this is a really
0: exciting new experience. Well, totally. I mean, we also talk about how um, game music kind of evolved musically, but always with the emphasis on kind of showing off the hardware. I mean, some of the musical decisions here, some of those jazzy extended chord progressions, that active bass line, it's really cool. The musical implications are very interesting, but it really is there to kind of um, show off that this is something that, you know, the early 8-bit consoles can't do. Yes. I mean, just... The sheer number of God, voices in this that. track, uh, staggering. Yeah, it, well, it's really I think it's beautiful. also
1: interesting because I vividly remember how the how the SNES version sounds. Right. And I will say that um, as far as some of the instruments, I do kind of miss some of those classic Super Nintendo sure. instruments. I I might still to be brutally honest, prefer the SNES version. Mm -hmm. But I will say that there's a specific type of grit and like purity to these instruments that really, for this type of music, for funk,
0: it really uh, lends itself well. What's so interesting about a lot of the arcade sound chips is they end up kind of sounding somewhere in the middle of the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo. That's true. Because they have the ability to have a little bit higher quality samples than the Genesis Well, that's a good point. But then they also have those FM I think it's because, like you said, you know, a lot of those,
1: Arcade chips had uh, multiple capabilities. They had FM channels as well as sample channels. Well, and
0: also I think a lot of the Super Nintendo ports were really trying to capture the arcade instruments, and they would sample some of those mm-hmm. synthesizers. All right, now we're going to
1: move on to when I think of arcade music, absolutely classic uh, for this podcast and for both of us. We love this piece of music. Uh, wasn't featured until later on in the podcast. This is Galaxy Force Two. You remember this track? Well, oh, yeah. Beyond the Galaxy. Composed by, um, it was a collaboration here, Uh, one of my absolute favorite composers, uh, Katsuhiro Hayashi, worked on this, as well as Koichi Namiki. Let's take a listen to uh, this really awesome jazz fusion track called Beyond the Galaxy. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Beyond the Galaxy from the arcade game Galaxy Force 2, a collaboration between Koichi Namiki and Katsuhiro Hayashi. And Hayashi is one of my favorite uh, composers, early Sega arcade composers. We're going to come back to him later uh, for one of my probably top five arcade tracks. This might also be in my top five. This is absolutely wonderful. You know, as far as like everything is authentic to how a jazz group would play it, bass, drums, the melody is wonderful kind of almost borders on like a jazz standard, like as far as like how beautiful the chords are in, in you know, that main A section. But then there are all the other sections. You know, that one section is in 7-8, which feels very fusion-y and kind of almost proggy. It's just very... This is perfect represent, representation of arcade music because it's long form. It's It kind of goes off in a lot of different directions.
0: Uh, it, it's really music that you would never really hear in a console. Yeah, it's much more sophisticated. Yeah, I mean, this is a track that's just kind of knocking it out of the park in every facet. Uh, Mm -hmm. Melody, harmony, rhythm, everything about it is working (laughs) together. It's so uh, technically impressive. Uh, Yeah, this is just one of the coolest pieces of old school video game music, in my opinion. It so is. And when
1: you talk about the rhythm section writing of particularly the drums and bass, you don't hear that level of kind of emulated performance in any other sega early
0: sega track like this i mean a long time ago we did that episode called the human touch where we sort of focused on the power of real performance but also in old synthesized music the power of emulating like that human touch that that spark i want to cover this man in soul surgeons dude yeah gosh this opening part that part is so great
1: you know i don't remember when we i think maybe could have been our jazz music episode i know we featured this in our katsuhiro hayashi episode uh so obviously i think maybe discovered slightly later than when we did episode five but that's what's fun about this redo episode is we get to make it just like an incredible playlist here now this is another uh soundtrack that i discovered a lot later Uh, actually probably only in the past maybe year and a half or so and it already feels like an absolute classic to me i just can't imagine. I just don't know how I survived (laughs) my entire (laughs) life without this piece of music. Love it so much. One of my favorite obscure composers here, Hikoshi Hashimoto. Mm -hmm. So much great stuff that he's done. Let's take a listen to BGM 1 from Racing Hero. joyous piece of music here this really does for me it represents everything that i love about old school video game music you have a really funky kind of jazzy chord progression a really well thought out uh, and again funky bass line beautiful melody twinkles those wonderful arpeggiated twinkles everything comes together you know this is what is so great about old school game music it's i
0: yeah i couldn't agree more a blast when all those elements come together It's really something uh, special Magic. And something that I think we probably used to Take for granted uh, it, You know mm-hmm. it's interesting uh, Last week we sort of got into that Interesting discussion about How music changes and how it stays the same Over the generations And we mm-hmm. played music over sort of uh, Hundreds of years um, of a span Yeah last week Um, But it's interesting how even just in a few short decades, we can observe something that seems like it doesn't exist anymore, like just a piece of our culture, a piece of just, you know, something that was floating around in the ether that all these different artists were tapping into. I mean, I think we're privileged to live in the time that we do, and there's... Means of artistic expression that are only happening now that weren't happening back then, mm-hmm. but it is kind of interesting to think that you can live through something, feel like it's contemporary, and then move on and look back and be like, "Wow, why don't we you do know, stuff like that anymore?" I have this
1: ambition. Some point in my life, you know, maybe if I get to a certain um, level with like video game music, I want to commission like specific old school like jazzy fusion video game composers for like some sort of dream project in the future like i would love to commission like hikoshi hashimoto yasuki yasui uh, katsuhiro hayashi maybe people that i don't see that much these days uh into like working on some awesome fusiony video game project yeah
0: God, even just an so album great. of music
1: exactly well that is bgm1 from racing hero Whew, that is a wonderful piece of music well now let's go back to a game that was featured In Episode 5, but we played the NES uh, version of it, which has a different name. The NES name is Life Force. Mm -hmm. The arcade name is Salamander. So we're going to play a track from Salamander, uh, composed by the classic Miki Higashino. Great composer here. Uh, Let's play Stage 4, which is probably, when I think of this game, the most um, kind of memorable theme to this game. This is Starfield, Stage 4, from Salamander. Classic. Absolute classic. This is Starfield, Stage 4, from Salamander, arcade version, composed by Miki Higashino. I will say about this particular chip and this rendition of it, um, very clear and actually much closer to what you get on the NES than a lot of arcade renditions. You know, one thing I will say against some early arcade music is, and you can hear it in things like Street Fighter, uh, you know, other soundtracks like that, where when you heard it ported later on, the melodies were like clearer. Like you could actually hear things better. Sure. And so a lot of the early arcade music's kind of muddled. And I will say that this is a very clear uh, mix here.
0: Yeah, I I think that's true. I I also think there's something about kind of uh, the the power of the NES, just those pulse channels Mm -hmm. are so biting and have this clarity to them that really is never matched on any other console or arcade machine. I think it's one of the reasons why modern chiptunes are still so popular. Sure. Because there really is something aesthetically about the NES that... I think you're right. ...touches on something that has never been recaptured. But maybe to a lesser extent, I, I even hear that
1: like, okay, I always talk about... About this, But if you're comparing the original FM, you know, arcade soundtrack of Street Fighter 2 to the FM Genesis version of it, it's crazy how much more clear the the chords are. Like, I, everybody go out there, here's your little homework assignment. Listen to Guile's theme, the original arcade version. I think it sounds like crap. Like, something is, is really muddled, and you really can't hear the chords very well. Whereas, the, listen to the Genesis version, or even the Super NES version, you can really hear all the parts like so much clearer yeah, it's kind
0: of crazy the, the older i get the more i realize i don't think there's a single version of the street fighter 2 soundtrack that i actually like how the instruments sound right. like they're almost better in my mind the melody and chords are so fantastic but yeah. there's not i a mean recently brave version. wave
1: released that quote you know definitive collection but all that is is two arcade versions it's the cps or csp whatever one and then cps2 both of them are Not perfect, really, in my opinion. Sure. So it's really, I mean, it's like maybe someone could do a project where they take the best elements of each soundtrack like you know try to replicate some of the like use FM instruments but maybe remix it and and kind of sequence it I don't know it'd be a, it'd be a lot of work but yeah you're right I think
0: it's also just what you grow up with it's like the, the, the Super Nintendos to me in my head when I think of the tracks that's my definitive version mm-hmm. but when you listen to them they have tons of intonation problems and they're not super well implemented but it's just what I grew up with so it's kind of what I hear in my head yeah, when I, I think, think of me,
1: nothing is as extreme as the original guile arcade version it, right. it just sounds surprisingly bad it's really crazy and i well, think that's it's maybe an the interesting best effect theme in the game. with a
0: lot of arcade music where it's like it's it it came first but it sounds worse than yes. uh, the ported version it's very interesting well now we're going to move on to definitely top five for me uh
1: absolute wonderful arcade piece this is magical sound shower from oh. outrun Gosh, I love this so much. Uh, Composed by Hiro, full name uh, Hiroshi Kawaguchi. Wow, this guy is a legend. Um, Yeah, Magical Sound Shower, it's it's a great kind of long-form piece of music that takes a while to really kind of get into it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Magical Sound Shower. This piece has so much fun with itself, uh, and that translates perfectly well to the audience. Oh my gosh, you can't not move to this. This is Magical Sound Shower, arcade version of the classic game Outrun. Sega Racing Game. Uh, This was composed by Hiroshi Kawaguchi. And every time I listen to it, I discover something new about it. You know, again, just the writing, the wonderful rhythm section writing. I was listening mostly today to the bass. And what I love is it's kind of this perfect middle ground of authentic Latin playing, but also having enough kind of syncopation and busyness to kind of make it feel maybe a little bit more funk or, or like pop. Modern so um, it's just kind of that great combination where it's like it it is kind of Latin and that piano that main piano riff is, is very kind of classic Latin sure but you know it's kind of injected it's kind of brought into maybe the modern
0: the modern sphere. Sure. Well, something that um, just an association I always have with this track is just kind of how long the form is, mm-hmm. which is definitely something that is an association I have with arcade music. Mm-hmm. The idea that, you know, it's catchy, it's melodic, it's memorable, but it, it doesn't necessarily time. have always those like 30 second, 40 second loops that we associate, I think, a lot of times with older video game music. Well, I music. think
1: maybe maybe the reason for that is, you know, later on on this course, you're getting to more exciting new areas. So how exciting is it when the music all of a sudden changes to that steel drum section, you know, if it's more tropical and more busy? It's just, it's a very exciting effect.
0: It reminds me of a lot of uh, film music, almost just kind of how it's built on a grid and how it adapts. I mean, you think of something like... I don't know, like the, the tiny wings theme is an example of a modern game that does that. But when you think of like a Wes Anderson film, whether it's like moonrise kingdom or the grand Budapest hotel where, um, in those films, Alexander Desplat is a composer, Mm -hmm. but where there's this kind of musical foundation, maybe a chord progression that's staying the same, but as they move and as the environment changes, the instrumentation changes and Mm -hmm. new parts and elements are added, but it's all on this almost kind of like musical grid. And what I, I so love about you know those scores is they kind of reminded me of older video game music particularly that yeah. arcade stuff gosh it's, it's really tough to
1: beat that piece of music Whew. well now we're gonna move on to something beautiful this is something uh we featured in a later it might have been an arcade uh, arcade two episode it's the ending of gradius but it's this arranged version on the piano So there was some kind of re-release in the arcade of Gradius and and this music was featured in it. Composed originally by Miki Higashino. Let's take a listen to the ending from Gradius. 10 out of 10 repeating riff there that works so well over the changing chords. It's a beautiful piece of music. This is a ranged version of the ending from Gradius composed by Miki Higashino. Don't know the exact use as far as which arcade game, you know, hearkened back to this, um, but it originally was composed for the original Gradius, and it's so beautiful. It's, it's probably one of the most, um, I guess, unique and beautiful arcade piece of music that I'm familiar with.
0: Well, I mean, because it is an arrangement of that Gradius theme which is much uh, simpler but you're mm-hmm. right that riff is just so incredibly powerful uh, it really sort of sticks with you and very versatile and I mean we've talked about this before but uh, the Gradius music is is so phenomenal because it really I, I mean much like uh, that uh, Salamander track yeah. Through the intervals of the music itself, it it brings to mind the sensation of flight and kind mm. of the, the broad nature of some of the intervallic leaps make you think of being up in the air. That's something that I love about the Gradius music. Something that I like about this track in particular, that kind of oscillating um, thing in a Lydian mode that kind of modulates down a whole step is yeah. something that I think happens a lot in film music. A kind of modern example would be the theme to Inside Out. Yep. Dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. And then you have dun 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 dun. I know yeah, you're a big fan and of that That sound. idea of yeah having something in the Lydian mode that moves that's sort of shifting between Two it's keys, very imaginative. I guess.
1: Yeah, it really kind of gets your imagination. Yeah, going.
0: absolutely. And it's funny in this context. It also makes me think of flight and of soaring and of mm-hmm. being kind of high in the sky. But my favorite part of this theme is actually when it goes into the dun, dun 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 dun, and sure. it's just so kind of lyrical and beautiful. I mean, it also makes me think of uh, film music, but it's it's so it's unabashed track. in terms of its like raw emotional expression. It does feel like yeah. something out of an a little bit of an older era. Yeah,
1: it's hard for us not to include that particular track today uh really an interesting change of pace for arcade games well now it's back to the absolute kind of you know go-to stuff one of my top maybe top three uh arcade soundtracks area 88 uh known in the u.s as u1 squadron uh this was composed by Minami matsumai let's take a listen to round eight marine from area 88 just hear all the 80s influence in this piece of music oh it's so great this is Marine round 8 from the arcade soundtrack Area 88
0: wonderful soundtrack wonderful piece of music composed by Manami Matsumai god this is wonderful you can really hear all of her influences in there from kind of pop music of the time Mm -hmm. jazz those kind of jazz chord changes and also uh that wonderful sense of classical harmony Mm -hmm. in that kind of c bridge section yeah um you have a lot of those uh fully diminished chords that i don't know kind of when i think of classical music in a minor key i really think of uh moves like that and harmonic moments um like that and it's so fun um She's an example of a composer that I think is kind of the epitome of blending of all the different genres where you have this clear, Such um, a natural way. very pop melody that's very lyrical and beautiful, but done in kind of a rocking mm-hmm. style with jazz and classical influence. It's, it's almost like, I don't know, the epitome of Japanese video game music. Yeah, if anyone is like needing
1: some kind of uh, study music or you background music and you know, you're into arcade stuff, Check out the whole soundtrack to Area 88. It's just so good. We did a bonus
0: episode, actually. Yeah, Um, we did
1: like some SNES, some arcade. That was really fun to have all that in one episode. Check that out for sure, guys. Um, All right, now it's time to move on to this week's track of the week. Really tough picking what the track of the week would be. Uh, This was a track that was not featured in our original arcade. Uh, music episode but you know i was going through and it's it's really tough to find a track that i think both of us like more than this as far as the arcade sphere france from outrunners this is composed by takanobu mitsuyoshi it's just one of those pieces of music that's just like it's so in the pocket and it feels so good to listen to that it's just it's just perfect so let's take listen to france from outrunners This is one of those tracks where you can't really... I don't think you can ever fully articulate with words why it's so great. It's just one of those things that feels like inevitable and comfortable and groovy
0: and just pleasing. It's just great. Well, it's funny. To me, it's almost like... I don't know It's like you have an intro And then a head And that's all that That's all it the is The song is And both of them Are based around These modulating jazz sequences It's one idea Da 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 That's brought through It's probably The strongest
1: example I can think of of a secondary section that makes the
0: first section stronger when you hear it again. When it comes back <laughs> I to that I organ know exactly, part, what it's just like, yes. Yeah, that's why it's like, if you're analyzing long. the form, it doesn't feel like A section, B section. It really feels like an intro in a chorus or something. Because, yeah. yeah, when you come back to that initial part, it feels so satisfying. I mean, it's like these two completely classic riffs, and it's so sequential, but the chords are so jazzy and interesting, and you're right though, they do feel inevitable and in- incredibly satisfying oh my gosh Uh, i could listen to that forever yeah i mean really i feel like that's sort of the intention is that's a piece of music that is so incredibly loopable and it it makes you almost crave a a return to form it makes you really anticipate and feel satisfied by the loop point which we've talked about before is one of the most effective uses of uh the limitation in early video game hardware where you have to have a short loop making the listener kind of crave the loop sure yeah it is it is is literally
1: impossible to beat that piece of music uh as far as arcade games go yeah talking to bumitsu chops for days bro not the biggest fan of his singing but uh really big fan (laughs) of his composition um Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so now we're gonna move on to. We have to play two tracks from Street Fighter, right? Because it's probably as far as the soundtrack goes, uh, the most beloved arcade uh, entry that ever was. We're gonna play Ryu's Whatever theme. Will be. Yep, Ryu's theme uh, again, arcade version, composed by Yoko Shimomura. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. God. This is a, a classic piece of music. How dare you? Um, How dare you? Just some of the most thoughtful, harmonized arpeggios that I've ever heard. Like, this kind of represents uh, a certain level of creative peak for Yoko Shimomura. I know that she was really pushing herself. Originally, she wasn't excited about working on Street Fighter II. She didn't necessarily want to do it. She got pressured into it. Obviously, she worked for a company, and she kind of did what they told her to do. After she
0: finished it, it became one of her favorites. Um, yeah, that's isn't it funny how how that how that goes? It's, it's something that challenged her and really pushed her. You can and hear that. Honestly, in so many ways, I think it's the peak of uh, what she ever did creatively. I mean, there's so many iconic pieces of video game music in here, and I don't just think it's because Street Fighter II is a really popular game that's had like hundreds of different editions. I think it's these melodies are so well, pure and so iconic. Well, this is a piece of music that I would stand by and I would critically analyze
1: every single instrument here. The bass line is a work of art. Uh, the way that it interacts with the melody, the way how how funky and rhythmic it is, yeah, the it, harmonized arpeggios... Identification
0: for it by itself. exactly. Like If you do, do, just do. have
1: that in the melody, you know exactly what the chords are. Yeah. The harmonized arpeggios are wonderful. The melody's beautiful. Every every single, uh, single element is great on its own, but when you add it together, it's this type of craft in this kind of classical counter like counterpunal amazingness yeah. that when we rarely get this in video game music it does happen once in a while it's just this level of just joy that is is so hard to
0: capture yeah i mean honestly to me like the pinnacles of this kind of music it's like Manami matsuma yoko yep. shimamura like i think manambi was possibly on her best game Mm -hmm. in un squadron and i think yoko was on her best game in street fighter 2 and it's like they're both still such incredible you know wonderful melody writers and great composers for the different genres but Mm -hmm. i'm always going to crave for this kind of jazz classical rock fusion that you get um, distinctly um, in the eighties and nineties with this type of video sure. music, it just doesn't get any better. Than and Street you know, Fire. we're gonna
1: we're gonna move on here, but I do wanna give a shout out, um Stick around for our playout track because we're going to go back to the Street Fighter series and we're going to go back to one of my absolute favorite composers uh, who has his, his own sense of jazziness. So that's a little bit of a shout out later. Okay, so let's move on to Shinobi. This was featured in episode five. This is an awesome piece of music that feels so nostalgic for the early days of the podcast for me. Mission 4, BGM. Yuzoku Shiro. Uh, actually, no, Yuzo Kishiro did not. We, we said that wrong <laughs> in our first episode. Oh, great. Yuzo Koshiro didn't compose this original arcade game. Well, it's a good reason to do a do-over then. Exactly. This was composed by Yasuhiro Kawakami. Yuzo Kishiro did later entries on Game Gear and Sega Genesis and stuff. Let's take a listen to Mission 4 BGM from Shinobi. You know, i feel like uh there's somebody winking in time on every single backbeat to the song because it's like this composer's like okay yeah you want me to give you that kind of traditional japanese sound all right i'll give it to you but it's still going to be
0: really funky and groovy it's Oh my gosh, it's just great. What I love is when uh, when the track starts off, you don't necessarily get a sense of what the groove is because uh, everything just mm-hmm. sort of sounds sort of isolated and you know, as it progresses and you hear more of the percussion, it, it really starts to sink in and just it's so incredibly funky. I love the use of space. But we don't, especially yeah. early on, there's a lot of space. I think that's one of the things that makes it so groovy. Is uh, honestly that that space? It, it, it's similar to uh, what's the track we were listening to earlier? Um, the, one of the ones that you said you wanted to cover that just <laughs> um, had probably the magical, magical sound silence. shower, right? I think it was before oh, the magical magical sound meditation.
1: shower ha- does have a measure of silence.
0: But there I think before sound shower, there was a track we were playing earlier that. Uh, racing Hero, potentially, or... Anyways, been... it was something funky. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of funky stuff on today's episode. A lot of episode. funky
1: stuff, absolutely. Let's see what we got next. Um, now we're going to move on to... Oh my gosh, so classic. X-Men. I had a wonderful time, you know... Yeah, part of, part of to die. You know, part of my childhood as far as in the arcades, a lot of the time was spent playing X-Men. You know, it's just the go-to game. I feel like it was one of the games that was almost always... An, almost every single arcade that i went to you could find x-men uh we're gonna play here comes the hero and this game was composed by saichi fukami yuji takanuchi and junya nakano here we go A very subtle piece of music, J.K. Uh, not at all subtle, but it's just ten out of ten as far as like the energy level. Uh, J.K. stands for Jake Kaufman. What I,
0: because lo- <laughs> he would love this.
1: What I love about that that final section is you know you kind of have the quarter notes on the ride of the bell. Yeah. It's just it's very cheesy, but it's so good. You know it's in, it's it's you know funky enough that you're able to just kind of... you
0: can't really say anything against this track. Oh, I mean, it's so freaking catchy. Uh, The other thing I love is it's such a product of its time. I mean, so many of those samples, and I feel like what they're going for in terms of the music and Uh, I mean the drum sound The glass shattering sound The brass It really sounds like It's something off of Like dangerous It's so Michael
1: Jackson-esque It's crazy And one of the things I think is so cool Is that this was the style They went for I believe this is stage one So it's like There's not like It doesn't sound like The animated series music It doesn't sound Anything remotely Like orchestral Or film score It
0: is just like Funk You know New Jack Swing. It's just like, what? I wonder how that. I'm so curious as to. um, I don't know what some of the directives were for a a lot of video game music. I mean, something like this is just so funky and fun.
1: I think what the directive was as much as you can get people to come over to the game. But I I think it's also
0: about the pace of a beat em up. You know, a a lot of um, rock Mm. based uh, video game music to me, in terms of like that tempo and that energy. I think is a lot more for quicker, you know, side-scroller shooter-type mm. action games. But beat-em-ups, you know, they even though they're very action-based and intense, they move at a little bit of a slower pace. You think about, you know, characters in a beat-em-up or a fighting game, they're not running through everything. They're kind of, you know, you spend a lot of time just standing in place and fighting. True. So maybe this kind of a little bit slower tempo, funkier groove, more is fitting of kind of the and action. And also, of I mean,
1: beat-em-up. also when you go back and play this, game now, the music makes it feel even more nostalgic and even more clear that, okay, <laughs> right. I'm playing an early nineties game. This and is kind of tied for me as far as how fun, uh, the Simpsons arcade game we were talking about. That's yeah. so great. The music's actually not very good in that, in that particular game. But as far as the game,
0: that was well, another it's interesting. classic. When I think of the X-Men, I honestly think of like the nineties just because mm-hmm. of that animated, series almost in the way that uh you could think of uh batman as being a product of the 1960s if you're thinking of the old tv show the adam west show i mean obviously now we have a much different connotation with batman but when i think of x-men i kind of think of it as being like a staple of 90s culture if i
1: were to pick one melody that sounds like x-men to me it's definitely going to be that you can't beat that theme song uh okay now let's move on to contra And no, we're not going to play in the NES version, even though I think it sounds better. We're going to play the arcade original version of Contra. This is the stage one theme, Battle in the Jungle. Doesn't sound as good, I will admit. Does not sound quite as clear as the NES version. But hey, arcade episode here. Kazuki Moraoka composed this. Let's take a listen to stage one from Contra. talk uh for a second critically about this piece and and how it compares to the nes version this is battle in the jungle from contra a classic piece uh classic theme that we know so well we grew up with the nes version um will let's talk a little bit uh, about the differences between what you're hearing what are some things that are added in this original version that you don't hear in the nes and what are some maybe weaknesses to this rendition
0: Well, I kind of think it's a little over harmonized. A lot of the times it's like the melody is like harmonized triads and it's just not super pleasing. Mm -hmm. Also, I feel like the the groove and drum elements are boring, kind of underwhelming. And again, it falls in that category of not a whole lot of uh, melodic clarity in terms of the timbres. Yeah, this is one that definitely, I mean, Contra. Is an NES game to me, honestly. Yeah. It's like, but isn't that, that interesting is so how you in take the same
1: piece of music and implementing it on the NES and cutting back on things out of necessity makes it a
0: better piece of music? Well, there's just a little bit more clarity, you know? It's like when you have to have melody, harmony, and bass line, it, you know, it, it, it forces you to, I think, be a little bit more thoughtful about. Mm-hmm. Um, What's happening musically
1: Well I alluded to this earlier uh, It's now time to play one of my top five uh, Pieces of arcade music It's from Super Hang On Composed by Katsuhiro Hayashi This is Outride a Crisis Another wonderful long form Piece of arcade music Enjoy <laughs> guys are listening to Outride a Crisis. This is without a doubt Katsuhiro Hayashi's masterpiece here. From Super Hang On. Uh, it's really I think his peak, and this is coming from one of the most expressive Sega arcade composers, his peak of just expression when, when you think about, just listen to these parts, how they really sound like they're being performed And you forget that you're listening to crappy synths. You really, when I hear this, I see a band, like a digital band playing this. It's so funky. It's so beautiful. The chord changes are very striking and very unique. Um, It keeps going and going. There's that one awesome, you know, kind of triplet rhythm section. Well,
0: I I think it's just so earnest, you know. A lot of those things you mentioned, I think just come out of the fact that he was really taking this stuff seriously Uh, some of my favorite things about this track first of all when you talk about the instruments that main kind of melody Mm -hmm. instrument it has this like guitar chorus sound to it because Mm -hmm. they're using two different channels with multiple different types of phase so in pitch so the result is it, it, it almost sounds like has an amp this, or something yeah, yeah, it really does which is I think something brilliant. It's I so you brilliant. hear occasionally in um, Synthesized video game music, but never to this like overt an effect. well and also like as far as FM synth bass This is to die for this yeah. bass tone is just the meatiest Awesomest thing ever. The the other thing is um, all the things about it that make it feel like a legit piece this of section music. Section here is so the killer. different sections, um, particularly when that riff is just in like octave unices with the bass and I guess you could say like the guitar part. It really it's something that feels well, kind of yes. That Praguei
1: that proggy octave part right before that. Yeah. I think we're hearing that section there is maybe my favorite section because the bass is taking over is almost the melodic right. instrument. This is sort of what I'm talking mm-hmm. about right now. Yep. It's so proggy. Well, the it? other
0: thing um, that I so love is the voicings, those kind of like keyboard, piano, jazz voicings. I mean, some of those mm-hmm. slash chords and just in general, um, they're very interesting. But the specific way that they're arranged, the voice leading and everything, it, it feels um, so specific to a certain era of jazz music. Mm-hmm. It feels really kind of like ripped right out of the 80s or 90s. You know, a track like that is one of the
1: reasons why we wanted to do this episode again is to get to play music that is that good it needs to be played more than once i mean it's like if we only got to play that once on the podcast it'd be a sad state of affairs yeah. i mean i feel like i want to play that like once every couple of years i mean honestly
0: as soon as this starts boom, boo-da-dun, mm-hmm. boo-da-dun, i mean it's just it it it, it, whisks it grabs you, away. you immediately yep. it's so kind of emotional while being all of these other things i mean the the, yeah. the very beginning of this piece where you kind of emphasize the uh the the ninth scale degree is and
1: again you know this could have easily also been track of the week it's it's just kind of so many awesome awesome picks here okay so now let's move on to a track from Gradius 3 this was composed by a few people we have Junichiro Kaneda Saichi Fukami and the original Miki Higashino this is Cosmo Plant. Sounds like classic Gradius to me. You guys listening to Cosmoplant from Gradius 3. One interesting thing about this game is it had separate soundtracks for NES and um, arcade. Uh, or it might have been it was either Gradius 2 or 3 that that was the case. Um, and I remember listening to both of them separately, and they're both really good in their own ways. And I think that's one of the most impressive things of this era. Is sometimes you have completely separate. You know, think of Batman: Return of the Joker. The Game Boy versions, great, completely different composer, uh, two separately great soundtracks, which is, I think, wonderful.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, this is such a wonderful piece of music. I, it has um, kind of a medium length form. I mean, it has yeah. three main sections, which is sort of like an A section, a B section, and then it sort of feels like a chorus. Um mm-hmm. Or you could think of it as like an intro verse chorus or something. I mean, that that doesn't really matter so much. I think my favorite part is that kind of B section. It's exciting, isn't it? That oh, God, I love. that. You know, that. I'm gonna speculate.
1: I'm gonna speculate that this sounds like Mickey Higashino to me. I mean, oh, totally. And if totally. it isn't, it's whoever else she's working
0: with does a wonderful job of emulating her style, right? <laughs> yeah. God, this is. Gosh, I'm so glad we're playing this again. It feels like it's been so long. This is one of my yep. absolute favorites. And that chorus melody, again, going back to why I agree that I think it's Migi Higashino, because it captures that sort of spacious quality that makes you feel like flight. It's just a very kind of open melody.
1: Yeah, and let me, let me quickly check here. I want to see if it was Gradius 2 or 3 that I was thinking of that uh, had two different versions. It looks like Gradius 3... Um Uh, came out it did it did I mean it was released for the arcade and the SNES but I don't think that's I was thinking of Gradius 2 that had an NES version and an arcade version that were completely different this apparently came out for the this is really
0: one of the best playlists we've had in a long time it's just you know keep doing older (laughs) episodes
1: you know maybe we could once in a while do a redo even if we didn't feel like we needed to change something Just just to be lazy just to kind of Go down memory lane again um, Let us know guys if, you, if you're if you enjoying these Or we could episodes. just post an old episode And then we wouldn't have to do anything Oh that's not as fun because I want to listen to the music again um, <laughs> We we record the episode And it already has our audio from our, the original And we just add another track on top of
0: it <laughs> 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 It's like a commentary track For a podcast
1: So this was when we recorded episode 5 that's not a good idea all right now we're going to move on to probably the most one of maybe the next two tracks are a little bit more obscure uh came later on in the course of the podcast this was probably shown to us i think uh by carlos at some point some listener show and tell oh we love you Carlos. As soon as i heard this i fell in love with it and it really kind of led me to check out this composer a lot more i talked about him earlier i wanted to in my kind of imaginary futuristic project uh, i want to commission him yasuki yasui does some of the best fusion in game music this is a game called mamoru has been cursed and this is a track called bless you boy and it's an fm track so it features kind of uh you know the same kind of chips that you would hear in old school arcade music it is incredibly funky incredibly well done piece of music bless you boy This is A-plus video game music here. I absolutely am in love with this piece of music, uh, ever since I first heard it. Uh, pretty sure Carlos was the person who introduced us to this. Mamoru has been cursed. This is Bless You Boy, composed by Yasuki Yasui. Such a rock Mamoru star. has
0: been cursed with some funkerific music. Gosh,
1: I love it. You know, it's like, it it's could have just banked on the fact that it's funky, but it has a beautiful melody and great instrument choices, great harmonies. It's just every, you know, we've talked about a lot today, but every single independent, uh, you know, element of the piece is working, but when it's all together, it just creates that magic that we, you know, really only get in video games in a lot of ways. Do you believe in magic? Do you believe in Matt? Yes, I do. I do believe
0: in magic. I do believe in magic. Miracles?
1: All right, I believe in Meko. We're going to play the last track of the day. This is uh, by far the most obscure pick, and um, but it's it's so good. Ever since I first heard it, I uh, there's this collection of old Sega arcade music that you can get that I got a long time ago, and this was one that I listened to, and it's just it, it's um, it's lovable. This is from Ace Attacker, which is a tennis game. This is balanced BGM by Sega Sound Team. Final set. back. guys, thank you so much for joining us this trip down memory lane as we did a redo episode of our episode 5 arcade games Wow, it was kind of an excuse to play some of our favorite tracks and to make even more of a solid playlist than we (laughs) were able to on episode 5 I had a wonderful time today
0: I think we've we've grown in the last like 200 and I don't know (laughs) 12 episodes that we've done You think maybe a little better? Hopefully we've grown, So those of yeah. you going back to episode one and criticizing us for... I don't know, getting some fact wrong or having poor taste. It's like, how about you listen to the whole thing? Yeah. Then, then we're yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. One of the things, you know, about having so many episodes to offer is is people kind of forget that, oh, this was four years ago, you know? Yeah. Almost five years ago. Almost five years ago, yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Any newcomers, new listeners, thanks for joining us. Uh, one thing, if you're enjoying the show that you can help us out with is leaving just an shut iTunes Shut the review. hell up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> leave, a, uh, leave an iTunes review. That definitely helps helps more people discover the show uh we have um some presence on social media you can follow us on twitter like us on facebook our website is supermarcadobrills.com yeah recently our rss feed has been upgraded to have every dang episode of the podcast uh, there is you'll probably notice some of you that uh we weren't able to get the dates right like once we made that update for some weird reason the dates didn't quite work so like everything like past like i think six episodes ago has like the same date of like may something 2016 um but it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, hopefully people coming to the show now will be
0: like, wow, they were really prolific that one day. There were like 210 yeah, if you, episodes. If you look on the
1: description, though, uh, of every episode, it does say the original date, too, that we yeah. added in there, so it makes it more clear. So, yeah, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, we have not a lot of episodes uh, to close out this season. We're having a wonderful time this season. Uh, we're going to play you out with a Naoshi Mizuta track, one of my favorite composers. This is the staff role from Street Fighter Alpha 2. My name is Carl Brueggemann.
0: I'm his brother, Will Bergman. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out.